Good morning. Welcome to church. We're glad that you're here. How's everybody today? All right. Good to see you. Uh, North Star's a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. If, if you believe that anything is possible with God, give him a praise offering today, would you? A uh, couple of things I want to talk about before I get into the, the message. One, uh, parents, I don't know if you've spent the time or noticed the parent wall. At both of our campuses, there is a, a particular place, a wall. It's called the parent wall. And uh, would you just spend a little time there hanging out? And I, I brought some things with me today that... Uh, I really believe will really benefit you. This is at the parent wall, and um, for example, uh, this says these are five values to help parents win at home. Can I get an amen for that? We need to win at home. And then uh, tells you how you can download the parent uh, cue app, and uh, faith, a parent conversation guide that you can have with your your. Uh, child, and um, a, a link where you can go and, and uh, see what's being taught, and it gives you some additional helps. And then there's some cards available that you can just, these are free, you can just pick some of these up and write your child a, a little note on this card like this one. Uh, the one thing I love about you is, and isn't that, isn't that really neat? And then there's a 30-day uh, prayer calendar. And so those are just some of the valuable uh, helps that you can get at the parent wall. All right, so be sure and check that out. We'll put that there. And uh, I, I know it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, real quick, coming up, and the, the sign-up list is available today. And we have 30 spots for smart money uh, live stream. What's unique about this, have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Raise your hand. All right, well, Dave is, is teaching this. It's live. The unique thing about it is, though, it's, it takes place in the privacy of your home, your living room. Now, it's 10 bucks per family. So if you cram in 10 families <laughs> into your living room, uh, that's cheating. It's going to cost you 100 bucks. But seriously, uh, we only have 30 uh, slots available, and the date for this is April the 25th. April the 25th, when you sign up, uh, we'll tell you, we'll send you the link on how you can uh, take advantage of this. Smart money. Uh, I, I was talking to Dave uh, Ramsey's office about this, and, and I said, uh, like, what is this? And I said, well, all of the weeks of teaching um, Financial Peace University is crammed into this one evening. <laughs> so it's a lot of stuff. It's like a crash course. Marla and I have been doing uh, Financial Peace for many years now, and, and it's, it's such a blessing to, to see God take uh, our wisdom on how we spend money and invest money and uh, actually see, have seen God just multiply it. So if you want to take advantage of that, there's two ways to sign up. One, you can text the word SMART to 
493-2311. Just text the word SMART, and uh, that's all you have to do. Or you can sign up at guest services and be one of those first 30 that gets the $10 price. Amen? All right. Well, today we're beginning, uh, it's just a short series. I, I already uh, believe that I'm going to extend it. Uh, at, a, at a later date after these uh, first messages, uh, because we're going to go into our core values, but uh, I've already determined that, you know, we're going to have to do uh, more messages on this. And uh, the, the last days is, uh, is this series, and we're really excited about it. We're excited uh, about... Uh, talking about the last days. Now, I'm just going to give you a crash course real quick on, on the end times, and uh, then I'm going to uh, unpack some things in this message. We, we do welcome those that are on, at our campuses today, and we welcome those that are joining us online for this series. Now, there's something that is called the rapture, all right? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. And then there's something in the Bible about the last days uh, that's called the, the, the tribulation. And then some people believe that Jesus is coming again in the rapture uh, after the, the tribulation. Some believe during the tribulation. And some believe uh, Jesus is coming back before the tribulation. And then after the tribulation is over, by the way, I believe that the scripture teaches this is my interpretation, my belief. I believe that that Jesus is going to come back in the rapture before the tribulation. In other words, that seven-year period, I don't believe I'm going to be here, and you as believers are going to be here during that time of tribulation. Then after the, the tribulation, is a, uh, Christ is coming back with his church to reign for uh, a thousand years, and then the very end w will come. Now, uh, that, like I said, that was a crash course. I'm going to revisit some of those, some of those terms like uh, the rapture. But as we look at the last days, people uh, will ask the question, are, do you believe that, that we're living in the last days? Well, honestly, I do believe probably that we are living in the last days, but you've got to understand that everybody in the Bible thought the same thing. They thought the end was really near. Well, I believe it's near. Um, I, I think there's something very unique that's happening in our generation. Now, whether or not Jesus is coming back like right away in our lifetime or not, uh, the one fact remains, and that is that Jesus is coming back. Okay? He is coming back. I don't know if it will be happening uh, during our generation, but there is something very unique about our generation. Now, if you've ever read a book or heard a message about the end times and, uh, and, and a definitive time, I've, I've read it in books before where people said, you know, it's going to happen in uh, 2018, well, t or 2017, and then 2017's over, it didn't happen. And the, the reason nobody can predict that, you need to discount that, is because of what the Bible says in Matthew. And this is our, our beginning text today. Now, you're going to see, wow, we're going to be ha uh, looking at a lot of different 
uh, passages today. But the first one is in Matthew 24, verse 36. Jesus said this. He said, about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, there's an Old Testament passage it's in the book of First Chronicles. It's going to be on the screen, so don't feel like you have to turn over there. But this passage of Scripture uh, tells us something about, I believe, about our generation. In First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, from Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all of their relatives under their command. Now, the thing about these men, I, I preached a sermon one time, the man from Issachar, uh, they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. I believe that that's what God wants us to do when we talk about the end times. Understand what we are supposed to do. These were very unique people. And I believe that God wants us, regardless of when he's coming again, I believe that God wants us to understand the times and know what we're supposed to do. That's what I want for you, and that's what I want for me. Now, the Bible is filled with passages about the second coming. Uh, one of my favorite, and I quote it a lot, I quoted it at a funeral service this past week, and it's John chapter 14, the first few verses. And it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's, my father's house has many rooms. If, it were not, if that were not so, I'm trying not to quote it from the King James. Let me just quote it. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For my father's house are many mansions. I'm not trying to show off. I just have quoted this a lot. If, uh, and I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. There where I am, you may be also. And then verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, uh, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So what Jesus is saying is a very basic truth. Write this in your notes if you're taking notes. Write this in your notes if you're not taking notes. And that is that Jesus is coming again. Now, one thing that we're going to do during this, this message today, we're going to look at the words of Jesus. We've already started that. We're going to look at the words of Paul, and then we're going to look finally at the words of Peter. Now, in Acts chapter 1, this is just before Jesus uh, is ascending into heaven. He is giving his final marching orders to, to the church, and uh, he has already died. He's already been resurrected from the dead, and he's already uh, for 40 days, made appearances to over 500 different people, and now this is it. He, he's, he's fixing to go up, <laughs> and in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, he said he had just given the, the um, marching orders about being witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after he said this, 
He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. They had never seen this before. (laughs) Amen. And um, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. And uh, I think it's interesting. He, the, the, the angel said, why are y'all looking up in the sky? And they, and they said, uh, because Jesus is floating. <laughs> uh, and so now Jesus, Jesus said, I'm coming again. We've established that fact. He established that fact. And uh, we don't know when the end is going to be. We don't know the dates, but this is something that we do know. Are you ready? We don't know the, the date that Jesus is coming, but we know the signs of Jesus' uh, return. So what signs are you talking about? The Gospel of Luke. If you have your Bibles, just jot these verses down if you, if you can't turn to all of these. In the, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, the Bible says, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars on earth nation will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of sea. Does that sound uh, like a hurricane? Uh, People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Uh, we've never lived in a generation like we're living in right now. Hurricanes four at a time. Earthquakes constantly. Did you know, I just read this, this early this morning, there have been 97 earthquakes in the last 24 hours. 97. Many of them were of great magnitude. So he said, these are some signs that the end is near. I I believe that it's not that we've not seen signs before. It's just that they're all happening at the same time. And so this is what I know. I don't know when Jesus is coming again, but we should plan, plan our lives out like he's not coming back for, for 100 years but live like he's coming back today. Did you get that? Say amen. We, we, we don't need to stop planning. We don't need to stop preaching the gospel, but we should live like he's coming back today, but we should plan like he's coming back uh, uh, in 100 years. So we'll tell us some of those signs. I'm going to give you three. The first one is worldwide satellite technology. Worldwide satellite technology. Uh, In the book of Revelation, chapter 11, uh, it it says that in in the the tribulation that there's going to be two witnesses that come back from the dead. We haven't got time to to, to unpack Revelation 11, but they're going to come back. They're going to be preaching during the tribulation, and the Antichrist 
and the beast, in the book of Revelation it says, that, that they will put them to death. They will kill them in the streets. They will put their bodies out in the streets for a certain period of time. And the Bible says, and all, how many? All nations will see this at the same time. We already, we're already there. We've already, we, 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 we're living in a generation that, uh, that now has worldwide satellite technology. Let me give you a second one. Uh, one of the signs of the, of the last days is worldwide financial technology. Worldwide financial uh, technology. And uh, in Revelation chapter 13, it says that there's going to be an Antichrist, the Antichrist, that uh, is going to appear like he's bringing everybody together. And, but what he's really doing, he is, he's getting them ready uh, to take the mark of the beast. Have you heard the mark of the beast? Well, it says that it, it'll either be on your forehead or uh, in your hand. And so, uh, in uh, 2017, July the 24th, that's my anniversary, by the way, in uh, July the 24th of last year, the Times uh, had an article about a Wisconsin company that was going, is going to put a chip in an, its employee's hand, and that's how they'll function at work. You think this is far-fetched? It's already happening. That company in Wisconsin's already doing it. And so the mark of the beast, either on your hand or on your forehead, that's how you'll buy food. That's how you'll buy gasoline. Uh, you'll, you'll go to Walmart. You can just scan your head. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, it's already happening. And then one more is my favorite, and that is worldwide evangelism. Worldwide evangelism. In Matthew Chapter 24, uh, it says in verse 14, Jesus said these words, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, then the end will come. I love that passage because it really tells us when the last days are going to take place. It's, it's going to be uh, when the gospel has been, has been preached in all of, of the world. That doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved, but, but the gospel is going to be preached in all of the world. Now, let me give you an interesting number. In 1970, there were 1.2 billion Christians uh, on planet Earth. In just, in just uh, 48 years, that number has more than doubled, and now there are 2.6 billion Christians on earth, uh, an increase that was more than the first 1970 years uh, since Christ, that number has already doubled. And so, yes, Jesus is coming again. So well, how, how many nations are there? Well, there are 193 geographical uh, nations. But there are more nations than that, actually. There are 17,000, we call them people's groups, okay? There are 17,000 people's groups in the world. Now, out of the 17,000, 10,000 have a Bible 
a missionary, or some gospel witness or presentation. So out of 17,000, 10,000 have already had an opportunity to hear the gospel. And so out of the 7,000, the 7,000 uh, are those that don't have a Bible in their language. They, they don't have a missionary or a church or a gospel witness. So our missions dollars at North Star Church is primarily going toward reaching those 7,000 nations. Uh, for, for example, uh, Iran. Uh, not too many years ago, it was one of the farthest nations away from Christianity. Now, it is one of the fastest growing Christian nations. Now, out of the 193 uh, ge geographical nations, out of the 193, there are only uh, 20 that are not growing. The rest are all growing uh, as far as Christianity is concerned. But there are 20 nations of the 193 that are not growing uh, as Christian nations. And, and guess what? America is one of those 20 that's not growing. That's scary. But there's going to be worldwide satellite technology, worldwide financial technology, and worldwide e evangelism. Now, just for the next few moments, uh, I want to talk about what what the, the second coming of Christ, the return of Christ, does for us. And uh, I'm looking forward to not this, only this message, but the next messages uh, as we'll look a little deeper. But what, what does Jesus' return do for us? Number one, Jesus' return comforts us. We've all experienced uh, grief, uh, whether it's a parent or a child that, that you've lost uh, the Apostle Paul writes to the, the Thessalonian church, and he says these words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are, who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those that have fallen asleep. Notice he doesn't even use the word uh, dead. He uses the word uh, fall, fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the air, in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So, the return of Jesus uh, encourages us. It, it comforts us. Those that, that have already died. Amen? Those that are asleep, Paul says. Those that are, have already died who knew the Lord before they died, they get to go first. And then you, you want to be reunited with that loved one? Hey, it's going to happen. Uh, and so the second coming uh, comforts us. We'll get to see our loved ones again. We're going we're to be with Jesus. Can I get an amen? All right. Number two, if you're taking notes. The return of Jesus not only comforts us, but the return of Jesus prepares us. 
You see, God does not want us to be in the dark when it comes to the second coming. There are over 300 references in the Bible about uh, the, the end times, about the second coming. Now, the word rapture, the word rapture uh, is actually not in the Bible. Uh, the, the Greek word for caught up is the word harpazo. And the Latin word raptura is where we get the, the word rapture. It's, it actually says caught up. But God does not want us to be in the dark concerning the, the second coming. I know that there are uh, 216 chapters of the 260 chapters, 23 of the 27 New Testament books that talk about uh, the second coming. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates, we do not need to write to you uh, for, uh, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night while people are saying peace, safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not to be in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. And so, the, the, the second coming of Jesus uh, prepares us uh, on how we need to be living our lives. And then, third, Jesus' return focuses us. It helps us to focus. That's the third one. It, it, it helps us to focus on what matters the most. He says in verse 5, You are all children of the light and the children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and be sober. Now, the, the second coming helps us to, the, the fact that we know Jesus is coming again, it helps us to, to stay focused. You say, Pastor T, stay focused on, on what? Well, doing what he's called us to do. Uh, there, there are churches to be planted. There are orphans that need to be cared for. There are lives that need to be changed. So we have got to not let all of the, the, the bad news in the news discourage us or, or distract us. We need to stay focused. Jesus in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 37. Listen to what Jesus said. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it'll be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will, will be taken. The other will be left. Two will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day the, your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not left his house 
let his house be broken into, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Look, look again at verse 43. Understand this. If the owner of the house had, had have known, he would have kept watch. This is like Jesus' takeaway from this passage. Jesus said, I, this is what I want you to take away. He said, he would not have let his house, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. And so, Jesus is coming again. So, what do we need to do? Well, first of all, we're going to read from the book of 1 Peter. We need to think clearly. We don't have time to waste. We don't have to, uh, time to waste not doing the things that are important. We need to be sober-minded. We need to, to, to think clearly. And number two, we need to focus on relationships. Focus on relationships. But you know why? Because everything else will, will burn. It'll be left behind except people. And so our church needs to be a church that focuses on relationships, winning people to Jesus Christ, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. In 1 Peter, I told you we were going to read from Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 4, he says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, this is what I know. You're going to mess up. You are going to fall. Do you hear what I'm saying? Pastor, uh, that's kind of discouraging. Won't you speak a little more positive? I am positive that you're going to fall. But with God, I know that he's a God of second chance. I know God is a God of healing. So Peter writes and he says, be sober in your thinking. Think clearly. Focus on people. And the third thing is I need to do in light of the second coming, I need to make a difference. When my life is over, the question should be asked, did my life count? Will my life count? Will my life have counted? Uh, and then I'm going to be standing at the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, that's, a, that's another message that we've got to get to. But uh, all of the things that I've done on this earth, did they count for anything? Did they make a difference? And so I need to be making a difference. You need to be making a difference with your life. Verse 10 in 1 Peter, he says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace 
in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should uh, do with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The word amen uh, just simply means uh, let it be so. And so, what can I do? What do we need to do in light of these days? What do I, what do, I need to do? I need to, to live for heaven, live for God. I need to care for others. I need to preach the gospel. We need to love each other. Because church, Jesus is coming again. Make your life count for his glory. And all God's people said, amen. Did you receive this today? Say amen. Father, thank you for today and for your word. I just pray, God, that uh, you would apply these truths to our hearts and, and um, help us, God, to, to really focus our lives make our lives count. If today you realize for the very first time that you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, you need to be ready. Would you be left behind? If you realize that you've never said yes to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now just to invite him into your life. You can say something like this, Dear God, today I realize that I'm a, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he rose from the grave on the third day. Today, I repent. I turn from my sins and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. I put my trust in you and I follow you today as Lord. Maybe your prayer today is, God, I, I do know you, but I want to know you better. I want my life to count for the kingdom. I want my life to, to make a difference in, in the things that really matter. I'm going to ask that everyone would please stand because I just want to pray over you. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that you've uh, met us here today. Thank you that so many times in your word it talks about your return. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would take these closing moments of worship and uh, just remind us that we belong to you. That re Just remind us that we're here to worship you. And God, help us to be difference makers. God, help us to take the gospel. Help us to, to love each other and to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. God, we love you and we thank you for your love for us in Jesus' name.